0: Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Mark Villarreal. Mark Villarreal is a business coach, consultant, speaker, and best-selling author of eight published books. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome. I'm honored to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from?
1: Well, my name's Mark Villarreal. I'm from Southern California, where I was born and raised. But I lived in San Antonio 21 years, and now I live in the beautiful beautiful Great Smoky Mountains. You probably see that there's a cabin behind me, or that inside, I'm inside the cabin. But uh, I'm a business coach and consultant. Uh, my passion is really to help people develop. Uh, and I realized early in my career, only through people can you succeed. So the more you help other people succeed, the more your success will blossom.
0: That is absolutely correct. Now, can you tell us more about your lessons that you learned along the way before you started your career?
1: Well, I mean, many lessons. Obviously, I wrote a book about it called Leadership Lessons for Mom. I I always tell the story that my mom was the best leadership coach who chose to be a housewife. She was um, just fabulous. And from the book goes from young childhood where she knew that I was. was not an extrovert, but I was introverted. So in that lesson's called uh, be a part of something that she would force me to, she would put me in basketball, which was okay, but she put me in square dancing, uh, you know, things like that, that she always wanted me to be a part of something because she said, you know, you got to learn to face being an introvert. And even today, when I take tests like Myers-Briggs and all those, it says I'm introvert and people don't believe it who know me. They're like, but you speak in front of thousands of people or you do this and, but my natural instincts are to be an uh, uh, introvert. But, uh, you know, growing up, she taught me many lessons, uh, you know, as a teenager, she was really big on uh, character, you know, and the old lesson of be more concerned with your character, your reputation can open doors, but your character will keep you there. And that was, uh, she got mad one time when I was just talking about, uh, someone that wanted to hang around us That that. I didn't want to hang around us. I thought that the kid was, I think I used the word goofy. And, uh, when I was in trouble, I would always hear Marcos Antonio. So, you know, if you're Hispanic and you hear your first and middle name in Spanish, you know, you're in trouble, you freeze. And, uh, you know, my mom always gave me those lessons. Probably one of the best lessons I've learned from my mom and her so many, I call it, uh, she used the term one time, when you allow yourself to walk on eggshells, there'll be eggs at every turn. And this was when I worked with her and my dad, in i uh, was probably 28 years old. And my dad was a military man before I was born. So he was stern and always knew that he could intimidate. Uh, and that was just natural to him to get his way. So in business, when we worked together, I would give him my ideas or my opinions. And if they were different, he would just intimidate me and shut me down. It was his way. And my mom said, you need to face your dad, else you need to leave because he's hindering your growth. And that's what she used the term. The moment you allow the, you walk yourself on eggshells to be eggs at every turn, meaning it will get worse. So I confronted my dad that, uh, that evening at his house and uh, out in the backyard. I told him I needed to speak with him. We spoke, I told him my opinion and he tried to intimidate me to shut me down. I held my ground and he got very quiet. And then he grabbed me and he hugged me and he said, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And I tell him in the book that our relationship was never the same. It was better. You know, I'm the youngest of, of seven kids and, you know, love all my siblings. But I had earned my dad's respect that even when he passed away in 2007, he passed from cancer. He told my siblings, Marcus is in control of everything. I trust him and he, 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 he will take care of everything. And, uh, and they all understood and So a relationship. I had earned his trust and everything. So a great leader like my mom understood that at that moment what I needed and I e- either needed to take a step forward or I needed to move on. And that's you know the natural instincts that mothers have. Uh, and that's why I write books about women in leadership as well, because they have the national, the, the natural emotional intelligence that comes from knowing where people are at in the stages of their growth.
0: Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Now, can you tell us more about your book, Leadership Crisis Management: Understanding the Three Stages of Crisis Management?
1: Yeah, ironically, you know, the 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 book I just came out with took me about a year to write. So the the one that took, uh, the script for Aspiring Women Leaders, but in between that, this COVID thing hit, and that's what you call a crisis. And one of the things I did is I'm like, I need to just write a quick book, you know that really hopefully can assist people on the three stages of crisis management. You know, three stages of crisis management are real simple. It's, you know, before the crisis, during the crisis, and after the crisis. However, most people don't think that that a crisis has ever come, so they don't do the things that they need to do before the crisis. And when I work with organizations, large or small, I always speak with them and tell them, The best thing you could always do is test your leadership team and teach them how to problem solve and how to make decisions. Teach them how you do that so they understand your mindset. Teach them to seek other methods. And there's great books out there that teach different ways. But the more you test them through their regular growth, you will define who are your leaders. You will define sometimes who aren't your leaders because they can't grow. Uh, And you will uncover new leaders that are on the staff. But what happens is if you do those things and then you take them to the next stages on what they would learn next, when a crisis happens, you're surrounded by problem solvers and people that aren't afraid to make decisions. And especially since you taught them the way you think too, they understand why you're doing certain things and it doesn't slow up any momentum of the process. So that's the first stage. The second stage is I'm in a crisis. What do I do? Well, if I did the right things prior, hopefully were strong enough to make it through, if I didn't take those steps, I'm having some struggles. But either way, I need to be evaluating my team and there's certain ways that I write about in the book on how to evaluate my individual people, how to assess them, how to document what I call systems and processes that we're utilizing and what needs maybe tweaking, maybe what problems we had, and you know, obviously what we need to totally fix or maybe even new items we need to roll out and in stage three is taking action again. Hopefully when we get through stage three, people are like and let everything go back to normal. If they need to make changes in personnel and need to do it right away, that way they can hit their momentum. If they need to make tweaks to those systems and processes, they need to educate the leadership and they need to put a plan in place and they need to execute. And they will always be that much stronger for it, whether they were, very strong going into the crisis or they had to strengthen once they were in the crisis. Either way, they'll be better at the end when they do those things.
0: I love it. Very powerful. Now, can you tell us more about your book script for expiring Woman leaders, five keys to success?
1: Well, I've been mentoring what I call aspiring women leaders for over 25 years. And and it first started with, uh, uh, I'll tell the story because it's where it all kind of came together and you know obviously i'm a big storyteller early in my career i was what you call a turnaround specialist so i would be sent to certain businesses or locations help decipher what was wrong put a plan in place and work to turning them around and i I was good at it It but i learned how to do that only through assessing people and then developing people that we can then drive the right culture So, you know, a lot what I talked about in uh, the uh, crisis management, teaching people how to problem solve, you know, all those types of steps. So about 1997, I was sent to a location in San Antonio, Texas, that it was an independent franchise owner of a larger franchise organization. And he was four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars in debt, barely holding on, uh, you know, creditors, you know, vendors calling wanting their money and customers calling and complaining every day. So uh, we went into that business, did an assessment, started you know teaching people to problem solve, and worked on a hiring hiring people to bring people in to gradually change over uh, you know some people as well. And ironically, and it wasn't by intention or design, but we started hiring single mothers, and we would hire one single mother, and they would come on, and they you know single mothers. They had that I cannot feel attitude and what can I take home to learn more? And you know, can I stay later? And sometimes I'd have to push them out the door because I had to lock up. But um it was just infectious. But they would refer another one. And soon I had nine on staff and then uh, so, some graduated into the leadership team and you know, uh, you know, some stayed on on the staff. But that location, because of that attitude that permeated with everybody, not just the single mothers, but they're the ones that drove it. Uh, within two years, they won the award for that larger franchise organization of the most outstanding location of all 260 worldwide. So we went and became very successful. The turnaround was actually pretty quick, but that award came in two years In three years, that franchise owner who was, you know, four to $500 in debt sold that location for $12 million. So it was, you know, really shows what can be accomplished. Uh, but, but, it really instilled my passion on assisting aspiring women in leadership because it really uh, signified to me. And I, I saw it firsthand their natural abilities to not be afraid to make decisions, their tenacity. They have balanced traits where the old, uh, and I, I say this in my book because I was even told women are emotional, men are logical. And at first you believe that as a man, because, you'll see that emotion in a woman that I may demonstrate emotion in a different way. But yeah, so I think, well, I got the logic. They have the emotion, but uh, in action, I really truly saw that women have logic and emotion. They have both, but we naturally see what we have less of. So we saw the emotion in them and it's with the emotion that brings the emotional intelligence that they have, that they're able to have better empathy to see how you manage people differently to see how to relate to, their, to people differently to motivate them. So they really added to the leadership team, helped bring back, uh, better decisions, but even brought to where uh, we were able to be very open about dissenting opinions because it was all about the end result in mind. And so for 25 years, I've mentored aspiring women. And uh, over the years, you know, I documented the process. And so the book is the result of that. Uh, my co-author was someone I've mentored at, who now mentors women as well, and uh, so we put it together. And we wanted to ensure that it had the woman's uh, perspective and point of view, which which it does. And uh, the people who endorsed it, who read it, wanted to ensure that because they're they lead women's groups and they're they happily put their endorsements on it. So it's pretty exciting.
0: I love it. I'm ex- I'm excited to read it as well. Very powerful.
1: All right. Well, I sent you also. One of the things that we added to it is because it talks about evaluation, how do you do this, is we actually even created a 52-page workbook that's free that you download after you buy the book. You can download it for free from our website, and it's a fillable PDF, so you don't have to print out 52 pages. You can fill it out online. You can save pages and then hit reset, and it goes clear again, so you can do the evaluations again in six months or in a year. And so, you know, it, it's really user-friendly, but we wanted to make sure and ensure that we, we made an impact. And if we're gonna have updates to that, you know, because we always do better, faster, or here's something else to add. So uh, that's why we did it, you know, that you can download it online and then have access to when we have updates. So.
0: Wonderful. Now tell us more about some of the projects you're currently working on.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, with, with COVID, Uh, when it when it hit it it really altered uh, a lot of people and what they do and some people froze and uh, that was one thing I'm like what can I do to expand so I wrote the leadership crisis management to help others you know I I finished this book to help that but uh, presently right now I'm really working on a lot of what I've done was travel and coach so I'm uh, formatting a lot that can be done through online although other people do coach online what I'm speaking about is not just done or let me do one day of training here, but here's online. And then there's e-learning that supplements it with uh, fillable PDFs uh, like I did with the workbook. So uh, I have so much material from over the years that I've built that then I'm fine tuning the, the e-learning with that. That's probably one of my biggest projects right now, uh, uh, as well as uh, coming out with more content. And uh, And in my next book is gonna be another children's book as well. So.
0: Fantastic. Now, what is your vision for the children's book that you're currently working on right now?
1: Well, I have a children's series, so it'll be within the series. So I picked a long title, but it's called The Adventures of Park Ranger Brock Cliffhanger and his Junior Park Rangers. And I have two of those books, you know, and they travel to it's whether it's a state park or a national park. And they learn about the park and they learn about safety and and, um rules about taking care of the national park so the first one is Allegheny State National Park or State Park the second one is uh, the Great Smoky Mountains where it talks about the fires of 2016 and how they happened and uh, why you know and it teaches them you know the the certain lessons so the next one's going to be on Yosemite and uh, so it we just like the kids to go on that adventure and my vision with it are, are several things I just love to have kids dream big and uh, that they can be anything. And I believe park rangers are great role models. Uh, everyone I've met, um, they want, you know, they enjoy kids learning and, you know, want to take care of the national park. So let's teach our children a role model, but let's also teach them safety uh, lessons in the parks and the love of the parks to want to take care of them. You know, the Allegheny State Park one is where two kids are missing that went hiking. And it teaches them um, these kids went hiking. What are the 10 things that they didn't do that they should have done before they went hiking? So if the kids are reading it, it's like, I need to do these 10 things. What are the six things that they should have done once they were missing? And once they encountered wildlife, because they do in that book, what are the five things that they should do? What happens when you wild wildlife? So every book teaches lessons like that. Uh, so they learn. Uh, it's it's two junior park rangers that travel with uh, uh, Brock Cliffhanger and uh, but then other junior park rangers that join within the story. So it's really fun. It's one of the lessons from my mom where she used to tell me, I want you to never lose that little boy in you, because when you're a little boy, you'll always dream big and don't think anything can stop you. You can be a policeman, you can be a fireman, you could be anything. But somewhere in life, when you lose that little boy in you. You start thinking about things you can't do. So don't lose that little boy in you. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: No, you're fine. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now tell us more about the challenges that you've experienced in your life.
1: Well, uh, you know, a lot of challenges, you know, setbacks, but I always say, tell people the, re- the reason I'm successful is because I've had a lot of failures. So, and, uh, so, whether it's been work related now, you know, in fact, I got fired when I was about 21 years old. So I'm not sure if I've seen 20, but I tell this story because uh, I deserve to be fired. I was a a poor manager of a restaurant. Now, some things um, were, were maybe not put in the right way. In other words, I was put in charge of a restaurant where I'm 20 years old and I'm in a retirement town where the average age of every employee is 35 and up. So, maybe it wasn't the right environment, but, uh, and I struggled and I failed and I got terminated. However, uh, right after that, I read the book, The One Minute Manager, and I really latched on to that. It's a simple book, but it teaches, uh, and it's One Minute Manager actually teaches how a manager becomes a leader. It's the transition. If you really look at that, But so I embraced it and said, that's what I'm going to instill and put forward from that point on. And so, you know, that's what really helped drive my success. And that's where I I always tell everybody, don't worry about failures. You know, and and in fact, even when you run a business, you'll have failures because you're you're not afraid to try things. But what do you learn from it? What can you grasp on and what can you drive to be successful? And I was immediately successful afterwards uh, the next organization I joined, I was their manager of the year for, you know, for the the big territory and, you know, developed from there. So, uh, you know, those, you know, so those are just one of the challenges, a, a few. But I also teach in leadership is the difference between a blind risk and a calculated risk that leaders will always take or should take a calculated risk, but not a blind risk. Why is this? I'm going to do it. A calculated risk is based upon experience and uh, educated assumptions. Uh, I, there's a. If you know anything about the 1910, 1911 uh, uh, exploration of the South Pole, it's, and it's a true story, but uh, the Norwegians and the British were both trying to reach the South Pole. Everyone always started in the same spot. Uh, there was a spot 60 miles closer to the South Pole, but no one ever did it because the assumption was it will break off and float away. There was that danger. Well, the Norwegians studied the topology and everything for, you know, hey, here's what's happened in the last 20 years in that area. And I don't think there's a danger of it breaking off. So they took a calculated risk and started 20 miles, uh, 60 miles or uh, closer. And they reached the South Pole first. Now, there's a lot more to that story. That's a great story about bad planning, why the Norwegians succeeded and why the British didn't. But that's just one where I talked about that was a calculated risk and it's – it, what do I know and what do I think I know? And we teach that in problem solving as well.
0: I love it. Now, was there a time in your life journey when you experienced an aha moment?
1: Well, the one minute manager was one of them. <laughs> so, aha. but, but several, you know, obviously the, the women in leadership aha moment, uh, you know, one of the, the big aha moments that I had and I preach it because I had to learn it and live it. And it was hard. Um, uh, it's when i worked for um an organization and i was very successful but the person above me high level uh did something unethical and um you know um and, you know the aha moment was i need to speak up i need to be not worried about my job although i was and if It doesn't change or if this is how it's going to be, then I need to move forward because this violates what my values that that I want to live every day. And I ended up leaving. Uh, But, uh, you know, the big thing was, you know, uh, to live your values and things will work out. And so that was my aha moment. And I teach it all the time. In fact, in the book, Aspiring Women Leaders, the first thing we do in the book is uh, the first uh, chapter is titled define what you will live by. And that is to set your values and your mission statement, your personal mission statement. But, you know, these values you can't sacrifice because if someone sees, if you say you're ethical and someone sees you sacrifice it, you've lost all trust. And that's what happened to me. And my aha moment was I'm challenged to live my values, but I did and I became better for it.
0: That is wonderful. Now tell us more about what gives you joy in your life.
1: Well, my wife, uh, I mean, that's, a, that's an easy one. You know, it's funny uh, whether I'm on a, uh, you know, a prayer group or whatever, you know, just, uh, we, uh, I'm very thankful uh, for my partner, you know, my, my wife, uh, she's my best friend. Uh, I'm thankful for where we live. I, you know, I walk out my front and I look at the great Smoky Mountains that I'm looking at right now. Uh, right behind me is uh, Douglas Lake. So we live off a lake it's very nice. I'm very thankful for that. And, you know, our, our family and our children right now, we have a lot of peace. It doesn't mean that that doesn't get shook up, but I think each of them are at a better place that uh, hopefully it's not only the lessons we taught them, but others, but, you know, I used to always say to our son, you know, uh, hang around better friends. You know, they say, you know, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who your future is. And, um, he tells me today, don't, you may not have thought I was listening sometimes and you would tell me these things, but I heard every word. And he just graduated University of Texas. Uh, I'm very proud of him uh, in neurology. And uh, he just, you know, so, you know, that's also an aha moment. Don't think that when you're teaching people lessons that they aren't listening. It's really planting the seed sometimes. And uh, it really has that impact. But we're in a peaceful place
0: right now. Peace truly matters. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Yes. Now, Mark, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: Well, I mean, when you say walk with purpose, <laughs> in fact, I said this when you're interviewing Emily, I, t- I turned to my wife and I said to be intentional about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, and don't apologize for it either. Uh, sometimes we're apprehensive. Uh, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, always, you know, if you're living your values, you're being honest and you're very ethical, then, um, you know, be, be very direct about what you're going to do and go and attack it. You know, one of the lessons from my mom was uh, there's there's no I in team. We've all heard that. But she told me, but there is an achievement. And what she meant by that is certainly when you're on a team, you want to perform, you want the team to win. That's the first thing. But when the coach has a play where you're going to take the shot, you need to achieve. So when it's your time to shine, that's when you just put your, put everything forward and make sure that you achieve.
0: That's right. Being intentional truly matters. Absolutely. Mark, thank you so much for being a guest on walk with me podcast today. Now, where can the audience find you?
1: Well, my website is markvillareal.com. So, I mean, that's, it has my links to my LinkedIn, my Twitter, uh and they can contact they even have my email there and i'm also on goodreads if you want to join me and friend me on goodreads as well so be happy to connect
0: i love it ladies and gentlemen make sure to check out mark at his linkedin at mark villareal and mark again thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast you have a blessed day
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: you're welcome